If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's happening, folks, and welcome to it. It is time to start up another edition of Rush Hour, as always, presented by Bet Rivers. And as always, I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois. And we're going over a lot tonight, as we typically do. We try to keep it busy during the slower summer months. And, well, that's what we're going to have happening tonight. Because in 15 minutes, Jeff Erickson, senior editor over at Rotowire, he'll be joining us talking all things Baseball. I know he's got some plays for tonight's slate. And furthermore, we'll kind of just get an overall update for the outlook of the rest of the baseball season, right? I mean, Jeff Erickson, uh, we'll see what futures he has sweating out from the beginning of the year and then also what he may have included into his palette of plays. So that will be in about uh, 30 minutes, pardon me, not 15 minutes, 30 minutes from now, that'll be Jeff Erickson. Then 45 from now, how about Brady Cannon? You know him, you love him here on VEASAN. The man handicaps basically everything from baseball to golf to NFL, but we'll focus in on a little bit more so just a rocket mortgage classic going on this weekend and then some of Brady Cannon's top plays throughout the National Football League with his offseason future. So that will be in 45 minutes and then 15 minutes from now I myself will spend a little bit more so on an NFL play that I like. We've been talking about the AFC South a lot. 
talked about the Colts. We talked about the Jags and the Titans. And although it may not be exciting, I do have some strong betting interest for the bottom of the barrel in that division, the Houston Texans. So I'll give you my play on that. Not this uh, this segment, but the next. But for this segment, I do have another play for you. So let's get things kicked off with some action in baseball tonight. Let's take it out to Philadelphia, where the Phillies, who just got swept by the Cubs somehow, are looking to bounce back against the Atlanta Braves. But the market seems to think it's not going to happen because Atlanta opened up as a minus 150 favorite tonight. And now if you look at Bet Rivers, Atlanta is up to minus 180, 30 cent move toward the road favorite, the Atlanta Braves. Total opened at eight. You've seen some slight movement. Now that's up to eight and a half. And the juice is on the over as well, minus 115. But that's not really where my betting interest resides. I'll get into that in a second, but let's look over everything in this game. Max Fried is going to be starting for Atlanta. The Southpaw is continuing to have a lot of success throughout his Major League Baseball career. This year, he's got a 10-3 record, an ERA of 264, a FIP that is even better of 258, and then he's got a respectable skill interactive ERA of 340. His walks and hits per innings pitch limited to just 106, and he's got just a 6% home run to fly ball ratio. Remember, you want to be under 10% in that category. And that will be beneficial to a guy like Freed tonight because, well, when you're going to Philly to play against the Philadelphia Phillies themselves, I mean, look, they got one of the best home run ballparks. So you want a pitcher who can limit that danger. And Max Freed is certainly one of those guys. And he's pitched better on the road overall, 204 FIP when you look at his road splits. And he's gone up against the Phillies once this season, went six innings, five hits, two earned runs. Braves did win that game six to five. So you would think really whoever you're facing, the advantage would lie with Max Freed. But even a little bit more so tonight because you're going against Ranger Suarez, who is coming back from that injury and really just hasn't been the most rock-solid pitcher himself. Also a southpaw. He's got a record of seven and five this year, 407 ERA, 412 FIP a high home run to fly ball ratio at 13%, and his skill interactive ERA is at 428, and then a very concerning whip of 142. Now we talk about home and road splits, and I get it, it's not great playing at home when you're part of the Phillies, but he is struggling at home. 515 ERA, 346 Woba, and then a 438 fifth. So his numbers have been a lot better on the road as compared to at home. Now, he's gone up against the Braves twice this season. At Atlanta, went 4.1 innings pitched, allowed six hits, five earned runs. They lost that one, 8-4. to four. Then they got the Braves at home one game. They still lost 4-1. to one. He went 6.2 innings pitched, allowed six hits, and also four earned runs. So the Braves really have Suarez's number as at this point. They've been hitting lefties very well throughout the whole course of this year. And even more so on the road have they been crushing lefties worth there. They got an 824 OPS, a 330 with their batting average of balls in play, a 356 WOBA, and then a 129 WRC+. Plus. If you're above 100, you're doing well, and they're 29 points above 100. So in this specific category against lefties on the road, man, Atlanta has been a machine. As for the Phillies, uh, they're not hitting lefties particularly well at home. 703 OPS, 286 BABIP, 310 WOBA, and a 96 weighted runs created plus. I mean, it's fine numbers, but you definitely want a lot better than that to put some faith in this Phillies team after you just got swept by the Cubs and now going against the hot Braves team that has a great pitcher on the bump in Max Freed. 
Now, even if you don't want to look at these starting pitchers individually, taking a look at the bullpens, the advantage once again goes toward Atlanta. The Braves have one of the best ERAs in terms of their bullpen, 309 and then a 115 whip. Philly, 387 bullpen ERA, 134 whip. Look, you've seen the line movement put some faith in Atlanta. I'm putting some faith in Atlanta, but I don't want to lay minus 180 on the money line price. So then that takes me to the run line here. At Bet Rivers, the run line, meaning Atlanta to cover one and a half on the runs. They got to win by two or more. It's up to minus 107. It opened at about plus 110 in a lot of shops, and it's just continuously moving toward the direction of Atlanta. I got involved when it was at minus 105. It's never fun to lay on a run line, but I do want to get involved with Atlanta in this game because, again, in my opinion, they have advantages all across the board, but I don't want to lay a steep price of minus 180. So in that case, I will opt into the run line, lay the one and a half at minus 105 with Atlanta tonight against the Phillies. We've been getting kind of hurt by that run line monster every now and then, so hopefully we can kind of ignore that, get past it, get the Braves to have a nice, comfortable, dominating win against the struggling Phillies right now. So that's my one official play on the diamond tonight. Originally, I did have a play for this Giants and Diamondbacks game, but we talk about listed pitchers, right? We talked about it with VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, and it's something that's very important to be cognizant of because when you're betting on baseball games, 98 probably percent of the time while you're betting it, at least myself, is because of who the starting pitchers are in the game. So you have the listed pitchers, meaning if you're betting on a team, that pitcher for that team and then the opposing pitcher who you're maybe fading has to start. Well, with the Diamondbacks and Giants game, originally I was looking to fade the Diamondbacks tonight because they had Tyler Gilbert taking the bump and his numbers were pretty atrocious. Well, he was scratched and now Merrill Kelly's going to be taking the bump and that has completely switched things. So if you did like the Giants earlier, if you were considering this game, make sure you're aware of that before you get involved because when I was looking at the Giants, they were minus 128. And now, of course, that will just come to get my money back. That'll be a scratch because Gilbert's not going in. And... Now you see it with the Diamondbacks as a slight favorite with Merrill Kelly taking the bump. Minus 110 is the price for the D-backs. The Giants are minus 106 with Junis on the bump, and he's been fine, right? He's got a 306 ERA, a 393 FIP. But the thing is, Kelly has been exceptional at home with a FIP of sub-3, 299 to be exact. So, and I say exceptional in the sense of comparing that to other Diamondbacks pitchers. And even further than that, the Giants are hitting lefties a lot better, which Gilbert is. Kelly's a righty. They're okay against righties. So originally was looking at the Giants because we do the listed pitchers. That will be scratched off the board. And now, honestly, I get why the Diamondbacks are a small favorite, but I have no betting interest in that game as of this point anymore. But the Diamondbacks now move to a small favorite total at 8.5 in case you didn't know. We did talk a little bit about this Cubs game tonight on the Chicago City Cast, and I do multiple episodes a week, just like the rest of the City Cast crew. And this game did have me a little perplexed, or at least the odds did, I guess you could say. Now, I was just kind of chuckling at the fact that the Cubs were able to sweep the Phillies. But look, uh, the odds makers apparently are giving a lot of love to the Cubs after that series because they're all the way up to minus 143 tonight. I did not think we would see the Cubs as that big of a favorite really at any point in the second half. And I get that it's against the Pirates, so if there's a time for it to happen, it would be tonight. But still, the Pirates have actually had the Cubs number this year. They have the advantage playing against the Cubs at Wrigley Field this year, 4-3, to three, and then 8-5 and five overall this season. Now, JT Brubaker's taking the bump for Pittsburgh, and no, his numbers aren't anything great, but not 
awful. I mean, 2-8, and eight, that's not all his fault. The Pirates just aren't good. He's got a 402 ERA, a 374 FIP, and then a 413 Sierra. But he does pitch a lot better on the road, and he's gone up against the Cubs three times. Uh, in one game, he allowed just two runs. The next game at Chicago, six runs. And then the third time against the Cubs, he shut him out, only allowed five hits. Pirates won that game 12-1. to one. So he's kind of been all over the uh, over the place with the Pirates going against the Cubs. And then the Cubs, well, you're throwing out a young pitcher in Adrian Sampson, who I still don't have the strongest of reads on. He's 0-1. He's got an ERA of 334, good FIP of 365, but his Sierra, skill interactive ERA, is certainly concerning. 442 is the number. And he has struggled a little bit more so at home, albeit not the biggest sample size, than he has on the road. But the Cubs are hitting righties decently well. 718 OPS, 101 WRC plus against righties at home. Pittsburgh not hitting righties as good as that. 630 OPS, 77 WRC plus. And even though the Pirates have the advantage over the Cubbies, against righties at Wrigley Field, 151 plate appearances, they have an OPS as low as 509 and a WRC plus of 45. It's horrid. But somehow they've still been able to defeat the Cubs. So that says something about the Cubbies when they've been playing the Pirates this year. All in all, what I'm alluding to is that no way I would look to lay minus 143 with the Cubs. Do I think they should be the favorite? I do. I, and I said that on the CityCast today. I put them about minus 120. But the fact that they're over minus 140 is kind of appalling to me. I mean, we'll be rooting for our Cubbies. You know that. But to bet them at that big of a price, it's got to be a stay away as at this point. But if you want some props, maybe Ian Happ has done really well against the Pirates and Brubaker. Same thing with Ortega and Schwindel. So maybe look at those guys if you do want to get involved on the north side of Chicago tonight. But like I said, the one play on the diamond this evening, we are going with the Atlanta Braves on the run line, minus 105 on the road against the Philadelphia Phillies. That's my official play in baseball tonight. Let me give you an official play on the gridiron with a win total surrounding the Houston Texans. That's next here on Rush Hour. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith when i'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen a smith show podcast tune in every monday wednesday and friday at the very least as i bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, remember that Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly. Pittsburgh, and don't forget about Washington, D.C., folks. So make sure you subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week and great local sports betting content. All righty, welcome back to Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 As for VEASAN, the sports betting network, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. So we've kind of spent a lot more time on this division than I imagined, but we've spread it out nicely, I think. And we've been looking at the AFC South, and we had one segment devoted to the Colts because there's been a lot of talk about this team and how they're set up very nicely this season. And I agree with them. I thought it would be better to take them to win the division at minus 115, which is where they're priced at Bet Rivers, as opposed to their win total over 10 and a half, because they may not need to get 11 wins to win the division. I'm just saying that's how I looked about the Colts. I didn't do it, but that's how I would have done it. Uh, we took Frank Reich to win Coach of the Year at about 22 to 1, along with our Kevin O'Connell play with the Vikings at 20 to 1. Didn't do anything with the Titans, didn't do anything with the Jags, but I do want to get involved with the Houston Texans here. This team, they're 25 to 1 to win the division. Now, last year, this was a squad that ended 4 and 13. What did they do that would lead you to believe they would improve that record? Was it bringing back Davis Mills? Was it bringing in Lovey Smith as a new head coach? I don't know. That's not really moving the needle for me. I mean, you know, props to Davis Mills for what he was able to do and coordinate around. And, yeah, I overexceeded, I guess, based on his assumptions just have him playing me really low. But you think he really takes that next big step forward or a big enough step to be a 
winning team, a very competitive team. I mean, with the third pick in the draft, they got Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback, and they got Kenyon Green with the 15th pick, offensive guard. So, yeah, those are guys who will make some impacts, but not really to completely overtake a game. Now, there was bad news that came about. John Mechie the third, the wide receiver out of Bama that they drafted in the second round. Uh, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Apparently, it was the most treatable form of it. So we're all hoping for a speedy recovery from him. But, you know, that was the guy they were very hopeful for who now looks to be out for the remainder of the upcoming year. So that was bummer. That was a huge bummer to hear for the Texans and obviously for Mechie. But, you know, looking deeper into this core, they just really don't have that deep of a class or just deep of players overall. I mean, look, you got Brandon Cooks, who, yes, is a good receiver, has dealt with injuries, but he was a bright spot for the Texans last year. Otherwise, your receiving core consists of Nico Collins, Chris Conley, tight end Brevin Jordan, and again, Davis Mills is your quarterback. Marlon Mack is your running back. They also signed Rex Burkhead. But come on, that's not going to do enough for this Texans team. They're not better than the Jacks. They're not better than the Titans. And we obviously know they're not better than the Colts. Their odds to make the playoffs, the yes is plus 1250. The no is over minus 3,300. Their win total is four and a half. Odds at Bet Rivers, minus 110 each way. You know when I look at these... Uh, win totals and just kind of giving my thought process for these teams I like to categorize it into winnable losable and toss-up games and I'm kind of laughing a little bit because I almost didn't have any winnable games for the Texans but that would be a little aggressive maybe right there's got to be one winnable game out there yes I put it at literally one winnable game a game where they may be a slight favorite it could be a pick em, or Rather, just the best opportunity for them to win a game. And this doesn't mean that I think they're only going to win one game or win no games. But, you know, if I'm just having it in my head where they're going to be an underdog, it's literally probably going to be in almost every single game. So the one winnable game that I had, you got to go all the way to week 17 to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I really wouldn't be shocked if the Jags beat you twice. It's not that I'm that high on Jacksonville. But Trevor Lawrence, better quarterback. They got better weapons. They got a better backfield. They got a better offensive coach in Doug Peterson. Look, we love Lovey Smith here in Chicago, but he's a defensive-oriented guy. And in order to win in this day and age in the NFL, and especially with a team that doesn't have any really great offensive talent, you would think you would need an offensive-minded coach. The defense right now that's still probably going to be subpar is not going to get you over four and a half wins. And it's honestly not the most favorable schedule for the Texans either. So I told you week 17, that may be their best shot. The losable games, well, of course, there's a lot of them. Week one versus the Colts. You get them at home, but it's the Colts, a team that's better than you. Week two, you got to go to the Mile High City to take on the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Week three, you're at Chicago. I get it. A lot of people aren't high on the Bears. But if the Bears lose to the Texans at home, that is a huge disappointment for Chicago. So I expect the Bears to win that game. Week four, you're at home, but you get Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Not going to be fun for you. Week six, so guess what? It's post-bye week, but also guess what? You got to go to Sin City to take on Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and company. That team is better than you. They will beat you. Week 8, you do get the Titans at home. And, yeah, a lot of times people like to subscribe to the theory that you can split with division opponents. And, yeah, I do the same in certain situations. But when you got a team of the caliber of the Houston Texans compared to the Titans, I don't know if that's going to be the case. So I think that's a losable game, even though you get the Titans at home. Week 12, you're down in Miami, taking on Tua Tungavailoa and company. I'm not the highest on the Dolphins, but still, the Dolphins will take care of business. Week 14, you go to Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. 
Week 15, you get the Chiefs at home. I don't care where you're playing the Chiefs. You're not going to have any benefit. Then week 16, you're on the road against the Titans. Now, of course, any injury could happen to any team. It's inevitable that injuries are going to occur in the NFL, but it's just a matter of how severe it is and what player it happens to. So that could change the dynamic of this whole course and if this Texans team could actually have success. But if we're looking at the roster that they're given right now, I just think they're really going to have a terrible year. Toss-up games, though. I'll give them about six of them, right? They have some 50-50 spots, I suppose. Week five at Jacksonville. Hey, maybe I'm giving the Jags a little bit too much credit too early here. And maybe just one of those games we talk about splitting, it could be on the road against the Jags. Who knows? They don't have really a great home field advantage. So maybe Houston can snag that game against the Jaguars. Or maybe week nine versus Philly. Look, I know Philly on paper is a better team. I'm still just not the highest on the Eagles right now. I didn't think or... I don't want to call it a fluke that they made the postseason, but I think the jury's still out on Nick Sirianni. We've talked about that with host of the Philadelphia CityCast, Ryan Rothstein, and objectively looking at it, he kind of thinks the same. It's not that he's expecting bad things, but there's still a lot to be proven, not only with Sirianni, but with Jalen Hurts running the offense. So who knows? Uh, week 10, you're on the road against the Giants. The Giants need to win that game, and they probably do, but... Look, I, I get I'm just not high in Daniel Jones whatsoever. Anytime you're going against Daniel Jones, it's anybody's ball game. Uh, week 11 versus Washington, not high in Carson Wentz. You get them at home. Who knows what they're going to be looking like with the commanders uh, by week 11. So I'll give, uh, I'll give the Texans a puncher's chance there. Week 13 versus Cleveland, the unknown with the quarterback situation, the camaraderie with the team, the outside noises, all of the above when you brought on Deshaun Watson. So that has to just be a 50-50 game out of principle of that. Then week 18, you're on the road against the Colts. The reason, as I've said with many other instances before, that this is a toss-up game with a bad team against a better team is because more often than not, that better team is going to have their playoff position solidified. They'll be resting starters, not needing to win the game. And the Texans at that point still just going to be fighting just to fight. So uh, that's a toss-up game week 18 on the road against the Colts. So... You know, I only gave them one winnable game in their six toss-up games, but I would still just put them at about 3-14. and 14. Their win total is 4.5. I have them 3-14. and 14. At best, I think they get four wins, unless they somehow get a favorable path from facing a team that has severe injuries. But I, I just really don't think this team can muster up five wins. Again, they have a terrible roster. They got a new coach in Lovey Smith, which I have no issue with him. I just don't think he's a guy who can turn things around instantly, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He's a defensive guy. You saw him struggle at the University of Illinois. You might as well be playing with the same roster down in Houston. So, look, I just don't have any faith in this team. I mean, they'll be competitive a little bit, but they're not going to get over the hump and get those wins that they need. Now, what I also thought was pretty funny, or not funny, I guess, more so just interesting, uh, they're 25-1 to 1 to go winless. Would you take a flyer on that? Eh, probably not. I don't know if they're that bad. But what you can bet is for them to have the fewest amount of wins at Bet Rivers, that price is 3-1. to 1. The best number in the state of Illinois is plus 350 if you want to bet them to have the least amount of games won in the regular season. The Falcons are 4-1. and 1. They're the next short shot. They're arguably just as bad, but the Falcons have a little bit more of a favorable schedule, more winnable games when we went over their uh, schedule assessment compared to the Texans. So that's something to consider. But all in all, I'm just going to go with the Texans under 4.5 wins at minus 110. A lot of other books are getting up to minus 120, minus 135, but Bet Rivers in the state of Illinois has the best number on the Texans under four and a half wins, 
Minus 110 is that price as of this moment, and I pulled the trigger on that, adding to our slate of NFL futures. Count me in for the Houston Texans under four and a half wins. Sorry, Houston fans, just don't think it's going to turn around that quickly. Who knows? Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I got to see otherwise. Shouldn't be a fun year down there in Houston. Okay, we're going to switch gears, folks. We're going to go back onto the diamond. Jeff Erickson, senior editor over at RotoWire, is going to join us. What are his top plays for the night? And what's an update on some of his future plays throughout Major League Baseball? We'll discuss that next when we return. It is Rush Hour here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you didn't know, the VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts are providing profiles of every team along with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals vision finishes, and player awards. So make sure to reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and you'll get full access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a decent all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at bsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host. Excited to talk a little bit more baseball on the program. And for that, we got to bring in our pal Jeff Erickson. Serves as a senior editor over at RotoWire. You can follow him on the tweets at Jeff underscore Erickson. Jeff, my man, happy to have you on. As always, we are now in the midst of the second half of the baseball season. A lot to speculate about and kind of a different handicapping approach for a lot of these situations overall. So We'll get into all of that, but I know first you had a couple games that drew some interest in your head, and look, you and I were on the same page of at least being entertained by the thought of betting this game, and that's Atlanta and Philly. Now, the Phillies somehow got swept by my Cubs this past weekend, so the betting yeah. market uh, not giving them a lot of hope here. Plus 150 at home, Atlanta's minus a buck 80. Totals at eight and a half. I'll uh, wait to tell you what I got in this game because uh, I'm curious to see what you're riding with for this spot. Well, the Phillies are uh, rolling out Ranger Suarez, who we haven't seen a whole lot of it recently. Uh, Max Fried's the Atlanta's ace going today. As you alluded, I mean, the Phillies just ha had the second worst weekend of a possible contending team in baseball. We'll get the other one in just a <laughs> second here. Uh, but uh, I, I hate to, I, I hate buying into recency bias. I really do. Because uh, it's one of those things where, okay, well, the Phillies have lost their own. They must be terrible now. Well, they're not that bad. That um, I, I like that, you know, they're they're – Best hitters are, for the most part, right-handed. The guy that really is, baffles me this year is Nick Castellanos. Uh, only eight home runs this year. Here we are in a great hitting ballpark. Everyone thought this is a perfect fit, and he's getting booed. He's having, you know, you know, he's ha ha starting to have like thinking wistfully about Cincinnati, which is something that no, no one should really be doing. But unless you're a Reds fan like myself, <laughs> um, I, I think there's, I think. I like the price on the uh, the Philly side of things a little bit here, but man, it, it's it's hard not to overcome this recency bias. I know, and you know, I was talking about it on the Chicago City Cast earlier today, or just about recency bias in general, I guess. And I was, again, like I said, had a bet in this game, so we mentioned at the beginning of the show. And look, you don't want to get caught up in that, but there's some spots that just still aren't favorable. And 
To me, I think this is one of those going against Philadelphia. And I don't want to lay minus 180, don't get me wrong. So I went with the mm -hmm. run line with Atlanta and just hoping the offense can get out ahead early against Suarez here and that the Phillies bats just continue to slack. Like you mentioned, I mean, Nick Castellanos, I was one of those people who thought that Pun intended, I guess, that it would be a home run acquisition for him to go to Philadelphia. And this is a team that I did bet to make the postseason. So I, I did take the run line with Atlanta. I get your thought process here with the value. I would not disagree with anybody saying that they would do that because Philadelphia still has a great team. Do you think they can turn it around and find themselves in a wild card spot? I know it's earlier in the second half, but at what point do we start almost pushing that panic button if you're back in Philly? I mean, they already pushed it once. They fired their manager. Uh, and this is like the third contending team, or one of three contending teams to do that this year to varying degrees of success. They did have a dead cat bounce after they fired Joe Girardi. It did work for a while. It may have been that they were also playing lesser teams. I don't know. But like they said, like you said, they got swept by your Cubs. Um, I mean, that that's a really <laughs> bad look. And they look bad doing it. They were throwing the ball around uh, the other day. I mean, I, I think it was Friday's game where it was Kyle Gibson's start where he got hung with a couple of earned runs that I just didn't see. I, Hoskins threw the ball in the right field, and somehow there was an uh, that amounted to being an earned run. Uh, it's, just, it's a bad defensive team. They need to get Gene Segura back. They really need, yeah. you know, obviously they need to get Harper back. That would be huge. Uh, but, you know, right now they're just hanging on for dear life. I, I'll tell you what, my most important fantasy league team has Bryce Harper, and I'm holding on to him, hoping that I get like five or six weeks in. They're making it difficult right now. Hope is not re readily apparent right now, but they're only one game out of the wild card too. So, you know, hot streak can happen. This is a big, big week with the trade deadline coming up August 2nd. Yeah, maybe the uh, Phillies had an extended all-star break and maybe so did the Boston Red Sox, yeah. Jeff. Uh, you mentioned another team that had a rough outing out of the breaks. Uh, the Guardians are coming to Boston tonight, so we do see the Red Sox barely a favorite, minus 109. Cleveland's minus 106, high total of 9.5. It's funny, you know, I've, I've had some games that I've bet this year, Jeff, where it's just been a loser immediately, and we finally got the big winner, and that was myself betting the Blue Jays when they scored 25 or whatever it was huh. against the Red Sox. So finally got a little bit of a reverse luck, but not a good start for Boston out of the gates. Can they turn things around tonight in this beginning of the series? Yeah, tough break if you had plus 24 and a half is, or minus 24 and a half as your run line there. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, the funny thing is you could get plus money earlier in the day on the Red Sox. I think it's been bet down a little bit since then. But uh, hey, you look at the, the pitching matchup. I mean, Zach, uh, Zach Plesak doesn't scare anybody. But you also look at the Red Sox lineup. There's, you know, no, no, no J.D. Martinez again. He's day to day with that back. Uh, no Trevor Story. And now no Raphael Devers. I mean, that's that's a killer. At least Bogarts is in there. But when, when you're, your top three are Duran, Ref Snyder, and Verdugo, I mean, I can see why that that's going that way. The one guy that's kind of hitting pretty well for them right now is Christian Vasquez hitting fifth today. And he had a couple homers in that uh, when the Argonauts put up 28 on the Patriots there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think that this is, again, where I'm going to – I might take a little sneaky Red Sox play here if I was going to do anything just because I don't buy Zach Plesak at all. And you know what I might do is I might – I know the the total is high at 9.5, but I think I still might go in that direction where I just think a lot of runs will be scored. Yeah, I'm with you on the Red Sox here. I think I would lean toward their side in this game that they can bounce back at home against this Guardians team that I just really haven't been high on this whole year. I know they've got good pitching, but I just don't think their mediocre hitting is going to be sustainable in the second half. And maybe it begins tonight, but I like that angle going with Boston tonight. But what's also kind of fascinating, Jeff, these borderline teams 
coming up at this point of the year, not just because it's the second half, but because we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline, August 2nd, right? right? And, you know, a lot of these teams are debating on what to do, who to ship off, who to try to acquire. You know, you cover this sport so closely. What do you think happens at this point, and how can you maybe get ready for some of these transactions? Yeah, while everybody's waiting for Juan Soto, pay attention to what teams are doing with, like, uh, starting pitching in bullpens. That's where I think things can get done. Uh, the Cardinals, this might be overlooked a little bit. Steven Matz, he's going to be out for a long time with that uh, torn MCL in his knee. Maybe not for the full season, but probably. I mean, effectively so. And they're already down Jack Flaherty. If you were in a one-game playoff as the Cardinals, and I know they don't have a one-game playoff anymore, but if you were, who would you tab as their, as their starter? I don't know. They don't have an ace. And Florida being out, I think that's that's bad news for uh, them. So I think that they're going to be out. I think they're going to be less on Soto and more on trying to find a starting pitcher. The Yankees, they lost Michael King this weekend. Uh, he's probably going to need Tommy John. He's definitely out for the season. That's a big loss. He was taking on a lot of key innings for them. Aroldis Chapman just gave up a three-run homer on Saturday to the Orioles. They can't put him in any situation that's close. Chad Green's out. Uh, they might get Zach Britton in, the, in September, but who knows what version of Zach Britton they're going to get when they get him back. I think it's guaranteed. If there, if, if there was a way to bet on the Yankees trading for a reliever, I would bet on that. Um, that that's one thing I would definitely see. And let's face it, relievers always get traded at the trade deadline anyhow. Yeah, that, there's no denying that. And you're right. I mean, it's the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Maybe the Yankees have some other priorities as of this moment. I know the Dodgers have been, and they always are, in discussions for it. And mm-hmm. even, hey, the White Sox said, they didn't say specifically, but that, yeah, they would maybe go for someone of that caliber. <laughs> but what do you think for the people in our neck of the woods who are diehard Sox fans? What do you think realistically the White Sox may do at the trade deadline? I think they'll be like everybody else and add another pitcher. Uh, I think that's far more likely, especially because I think they need some depth here. You know, we, we even saw Liam Hendricks have a rough weekend. Uh, and I think they could use another guy, you know, another guy to bridge it between Hendricks, you know, you know, Graveman and Hendricks, get another guy to, you know, get that bridge. Let's face it. Dylan Cease doesn't go deep into games and he's their best starter. Week in, week out, you don't know what you're getting out of Giolito, let alone Lance Lynn. Um, I think pitching is where they need to go. Now, they, they treaded water through this key stretch against the Guardians and the Twins, and they really needed to make a move. They didn't get knocked out, but they also didn't make a move. Now they have some weaker opponents for the next couple of weeks. It's a big couple of weeks for the White Sox. They really need to make hay. Yeah, huge for the Southsiders. Easiest schedule in the second half, and you're right. Starts coming up tomorrow, and you look at the Twins and the Guardians. I mean, we just talked about Cleveland. Tough spot, even though the Red Sox struggled. Never easy going to Fenway to play the Red Sox. And then the Twins, I think, what, they got Milwaukee and then the Padres. So this is their time to capitalize, to get the Sox plus 115 to come out on top of the AL Central. Jeff, my man, thank you for making some time. Always appreciate it. Good luck with all your leagues, and best luck with all your bets, as always. You bet. Thanks a lot, Danny. Appreciate you. You got it. Jeff Erickson at Jeff underscore Erickson, where you could follow him along on Twitter. Make sure to catch more of his content over at RotoWire. He is a senior editor. Not only does he do baseball, crushes it with the NFL, too. So love getting all of his work. Uh, Jeff knows what he's talking about with baseball. We'll see what happens with the White Sox. I know we're keeping our eyes on all of that. Don't get your hopes up for Juan Soto, realistically, but look for them to add some good pieces in the bullpen, and hopefully we can cash our AL Central ticket with the White Sox. Let's get some more betting action as we round out Rush Hour. Brady Cannon hopping on to talk some football.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is serving up big wins with their new weekly profit boosts on all tennis wagers. If you visit BetRivers.com or if you download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, every Wednesday you'll receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right, log in every Wednesday and automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the Bet Rivers app. So heat up your summer with the Bet River Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. 
Final segment here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Appreciate you being with us on this Monday evening and excited to bring in our friend Brady Cannon, fellow VEASAN host, who you can follow on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. And yes, we will be talking some golf with Mr. Brady Cannon in just a second. But we got to squeeze in some NFL action because I know Brady loves betting some football and doesn't matter how far out we are, he is ready to go. So, Brady, thank you for being with us, my man. Uh, let's talk about a division that I guess has maybe one big question mark, and that is what the heck is going to happen with the Cleveland Browns. So we look at the AFC North, and you do see the Baltimore Ravens at Bet Rivers as the short shot, plus 165. The Bengals come next, plus 190. The aforementioned Browns at plus 333. And then the Steelers are at 7-1. to one. I got to pick your brain about this division because of the unknown with the Browns and what we saw from the Bengals last year. Where do you see value here? Well, I, I think it's with the Ravens, and, you know, they had a pretty darn good season last year, and especially when you consider the number of injuries that they were, you know, suited with last year from the beginning in the preseason, you know, their entire offensive backfield, uh, save for the quarterback, but then later on Lamar had some injuries as well. I mean, they were just banged up everywhere and still nearly made the playoffs, and they're such a class organization. I think they had another great draft. They always seem to draft well. Um, you know, they're a team or an organization that I just like to be behind year in and year out. It's kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball. No matter how bad you think they're going, going to be, they continue to show up. And it's just a good business are the Baltimore Ravens, kind of like the New England Patriots, especially in years past. So I did bet the Ravens to win the division. I was able to get plus 190. Uh, obviously, I think about plus 160, like you said, plus 165. That's probably about the best you can find. But I, I don't think it's going to be the Steelers. They're certainly in a little bit of a rebuild mode. The Cleveland Browns, you know, I, I would bet that Deshaun Watson is not going to play this entire season. Uh, and then you've got the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, they climbed the ladder in such – uh, dramatic fashion last year. I mean, they were 30 to one to win the division before the season started and they end up going to the Super Bowl. So they really exceeded expectations in such a big way that I would imagine there's going to be a bit of a drop off this year. And that's also, you know, the old wise tale about, uh, you know, the Super Bowl loser having a hangover in the follow up season. And, and it just tends to be real. And it also, I think, goes hand-in-hand hand with how, how much Cincinnati ascended from the year prior. They are likely to come back to the pack a little bit this year, I think. And that, that leaves you with the Ravens, who I think are, are built or set up for a, a positive move, if you will, this year off of what they did last year. Uh, they've got a ton of talent. We know that on both sides of the ball. Great coaching. So I thought... You know, I, I think it's kind of their division to lose. I, I just don't really see the other teams giving them uh, a whole lot of trouble uh, in the AFC North. I absolutely love your comparison to the St. Louis Cardinals. As a diehard Cubs fan, you could not be more accurate about that, right? I mean, they just always find a way to somehow be competitive at the end of the year. They refuse to ever have a tanking season, and you're right. The same thing could be applied to the Ravens. I like your angle on that. I took them about 20-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl like the day after this past when I did them, the Chargers, and the Cardinals just based on pure value and where I thought the number would move. But, yeah, I do think this year sets up, if they can stay healthy, 
for the Ravens to win it. And you mentioned the Bengals. And Brady, I mean, this team is naturally going to be loved by the public. Joe Burrow's a very likable guy, and they got a lot of fun players on their squad. And I, I agree with you, too. You know, you're probably imagining they come back down to what their average should be. But on a game-to-game -game basis, could this team almost be a little bit overvalued and you would maybe look to fade them against the spread? Or is that more so just going to have to be a wait-and-see approach? Well, I, I think it's always a little bit wait and see, but I think in general, yeah, you're correct. I, I mean, you even look at week one and they're laying uh, six and a half points at home to the Steelers. And, you know, the public perception right now is that the Steelers are really down. And of course, Cincinnati just went to the Super Bowl. I, I would imagine that number might go up. You might be able to get seven. I don't know if you get seven and a half, but you could probably certainly get a full seven uh, before kickoff in that game. And I, I'd be inclined to take the Steelers just based on what you're preaching there, Danny, that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the point spreads are probably going to be a little bit inflated. And again, just the perception of that game is, you know, you've got a, a, a front runner versus a seller dweller. And sometimes people just bet with that mentality and they don't necessarily consider the points. So, yeah, just looking at week one, I, I think, you know, your theory is already in play. Okay, I like it. Hey, Brady, I want to ask you one more NFL question before we talk some golf. How about NFL MVP? I kind of looked at a couple guys here, and I honestly can't remember, and now it's just annoying me. I, I think I might have been on the same page with you here. I had like two or three long shots that I was like, this is who I would consider, and I think I was on the same page with, uh, with you here with Derek Carr. He's 25-1, to 1, but tell everybody why he's got your interest to maybe take a flyer on him for MVP. Yeah, you know, I actually got him at 40-1. to 1. And that was at the Westgate. And I, I did that, I want to say, about three weeks ago. And I just, maybe it was even a month ago, I just thought the price was really off. And if you look at everybody that has a shorter price than him, and he is now down to 25 to 1 at Westgate, uh, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson is even lower than, than Derek Carr, and, and certainly was at the time. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray. I figure Derek Carr can beat all those guys. So yeah. it comes down to Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and maybe you throw Joe Burrow in there. But again, we talked about possible regression for that team. So, you know, if he's got to compete with basically six or seven guys and you're going to give me 40 to one, I, I like the position there. And I also believe that the Raiders are kind of set up to, you know, Derek Carr, the last two or three seasons has really put up great numbers. And I think their offense probably gets even better this year. And he could put up crazy numbers. I also think it's possible that he may have to lead his team, you know, in comeback fashion. The defense is the question mark for the Raiders. I do believe it'll be improved, but you know, they could be in a lot of shootout games, especially in that division with the offensive firepower in the AFC West. So I think there are a lot of reasons why Derek Carr could put up crazy numbers offensively and okay, 40 to one against, uh, you know, another six guys or whatever. I'll take a shot at it. Yeah, I I'm right there with you, man. I mean, good value with Carr, who's going to pad his stats and the expectations by a lot of people, probably that they're going to be at the bottom of their division just because it's so tough. If they can at least get to the postseason, that could boost him enough to getting in the conversation of it. So I'm, I'm right there with it. Could be worth taking a flyer on Derek Carr. Should be fun to see what him and Devontae Adams can do this upcoming season. Uh, Brady, we got about a minute and a half remaining. Got to squeeze in a little bit of golf with you. I know it's early in the week, but with the Rocket more 
Mortgage Classic up there in the Motor City. Uh, anything early we can keep an eye out for? Yeah, you know, Monday's the day when I really start to dive into my handicap, so I only have two plays right now, but one thing I can tell you is that this is a Donald Ross design, and he's a classic designer, you know, one of the one of the all-time great names in the in the history of golf. Uh but there is another PGA Tour event that is played on a Donald Ross design, and that's the Wyndham Championship at Sedgefield Country Club. So, I do believe you're going to get some crossover there, and a couple of guys that I played have had very good success at the Wyndham, one more so than the other, but that is Siwoo Kim and Chris Kirk. And I played them both at 60 to 1, which is a really good number I was able to find. Kirk hasn't missed a cut in about his last six visits to the Wyndham, and just a couple seasons ago, he finished 11th. Siwoo Kim has a win there, and, and like I say, has an even better record at the Wyndham than does Chris Kirk. But I think that's probably the type of player you want to target this week. You've got some big names at the top, Will Zalatoris, Patrick Cantlay, and Tony Finau. You know, Tony Finau last week was only the third time this entire PGA season that the odds-on favorite won the golf tournament. And that's, you know, over the course of 40-some tournaments already this year. So it doesn't often go to that guy at the top of the board. And with the way this tournament is and the field, I think you've got a good shot at getting some guy that's going to be, you know, 30, 35 to 1 or better. Love it. Hey, Brady, we are up against it, my man, but thank you for getting us all that valuable info with the NFL and the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We'll be looking for more of your coverage on it here at VEASAN, but keep up the great work and best of luck. Always good to catch up with you, Danny. Take care. Thank you. You bet. Brady Cannon, ladies and gentlemen, at Las Vegas Golfer, where you could follow him on Twitter. That's going to do it for another edition of Rush Hour. One hour flew by. Great content and insight from all of our guests. Hopefully you're able to cash some tickets tonight. Our official play, like we said, we are going with the Braves on the run line. Best of luck if you tail or with whatever you are playing. Enjoy the night. We'll catch up again tomorrow for another edition of Rush Hour. Meet Gary. Hi. For years, Gary's felt an overwhelming desire to be a pro goalie. Let's see how that's going. <laughs> Gary, you can play to win with BetRivers.com, featuring award-winning customer service in the excitement of same service, in the excitement of same service, in the excitement of same service, in the... Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.